continues to run. Again, the Demons push forward. Oliver with Grimes. Grimes and Oliver. Little bit of help arrives. Oliver over the top to Jackson. Jackson's got a break on Bolter. Jackson puts it through. Demons, five in a row. This man isn't popular at Melbourne. Wait till it goes through. They're on the edge of their seats, the Melbourne fans. It's been an extraordinary night. They're going to go 6 and over the first time since 1965. And Cozzy has done it. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Tim and thank you so much for joining us. Again, this week I have Simo who texted me about four times, I reckon, on Saturday night. Just a five-letter word, Jacko. <laughs> Jacko. Maybe Jacko with a couple of extra C's and a couple of extra K's and a couple of extra exclamation marks. But uh, Simo, welcome, bloody, uh, I don't know, 6 and 0. How are you feeling? Oh, mate. Oh, well, I, 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 was, I saw a few footy teammates after the game, a couple of Richmond supporters. I said, well, I suppose after a few beers, you sort of get a bit excited. And I was like, well, I was, I was going near the rubbish bins and lifting them up. So... <laughs> I'm all in on the D's this year. I think we've got the right mix and everything. But I suppose again, being a you know being so early in the year, you kind of got to settle down a bit. Um, so I think just week at a time. But yeah, yeah. I think I think the I don't know the smart thing to do is is to say yep, take it one week at a time. But bloody hell, it's it's pretty exciting. And I think to to see what unfolded in the end on Saturday night uh, in a, in a four quarter performance. I don't think I don't know. I don't think either of us saw that coming. Uh, you pretty much called it last week in terms of the way that we won and in that we beat Richmond really in their own game. And it's the media has given it a pretty good, pretty good go, especially over the weekend. You know, Sunday Footy Show, Footy Classified. I think we've certainly been touted as out Richmonding Richmond in terms of surge footy and and pressure. Uh, but I think it's just it was such a fantastic performance to see us again respond after a pretty hot 15 minutes where we didn't know what was going to happen and we somehow stuck with it and really turned the jets on and we blew them out of the water really like the scoreboard might not say that but in terms of being there and watching us actually dominate possession of the ball we like they didn't get anywhere near it after quarter time no, they def- definitely didn't. I think yeah, I think we were out possessing them by over at least over a hundred. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like uh, just with what you're saying, I think um, yeah, that that expectation of to, for us to perform. I think you know going in on the unknown. Yeah, we were coming into the game five and zero, but coming up against the Tigers, you know they're coming off a really good week, and you know not knowing what to expect and. To get what we got, um, we definitely lived up to our expectation and added more. Um, you know, keeping the reigning premiers to four was it forty nine points is yeah seven six, goals six so goals think, yeah I think it was I think it was from sixty entries they were saying sixty inside fifties and that's that's true testimony to yeah I'm going to talk about that later. I'm pretty sure yeah sixty sixty inside fifties for six goals it's um yeah pretty pretty outstanding and. As you said, uh, I think with great comfort, you know, there's always those wins early in the season and you, you beat a team, say, for instance, like St Kilda in round two, three, I can't remember what it was, and you sort of think, yeah, all right, St Kilda, that's not a bad not a bad win. And then you watch what, what's happened to them afterwards and you feel a little bit flatter after it. But to think that we've now knocked off both grand finalists from last year pretty convincingly is, is a good sign. Uh, I think... Yeah, something's something's happening, and I think the whole of the footy club fans and and all the supporters out there can feel it. Some of us are losing our shit, some of us are keeping our hair on, but yeah. it's uh, I don't know, it's it's unfamiliar territory. It's at the moment, 2018 was a back ended season where we had success in the end of the season, like um, you know, there was that that runway to the finals. We haven't experienced well, we haven't experienced a start like this. I mean. What nineteen sixty five? Last time we've been six and zero, and it's reigning those. Premier. What was that? Sorry. Well, the reigning premier back then. Well, that's right. Yeah, I know. Dad's. I think that was dad. That was the only premiership that dad had been alive when they won, and he doesn't remember it. And we were supposed to do all the right things in sixty five, and <laughs> uh, and fell in a heap after that. But 
yeah, now there's something special certainly building and it's great to see now all this talk um, around about the the belief in the team. Um, you know, it's been, I think we, we mentioned it last week, it's been a lot of talk about that for the last two years, building belief, changing the narrative, uh, all those sorts of things. Now we're finally starting to see it unfold on the field and it's, we've, yeah, we've just become a fantastic team to watch who, and we'll talk about a bit later, we've come out each and every week and we've played the way we want to play. We've been tested, yep, we've been able to adapt and adjust and get back to what we do best and it's bloody awesome. I've never, well, in my lifetime, I can't remember or recall going to the footy and, you know, having that feeling of, you know, you can really back us in. I think, well, because, you know, I was only a young tacker when we made the finals prior to 2018. So it was 2006 we made it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was only in primary school at the time. But, um, you know, going to the footy now, it's it's where you want to be. Like you, like sometimes you might just settle for watching on the, on the TV, but now the atmosphere has changed and, you know, that when the D's are doing this well and, you know, sh- like we've, they've got our trust back, I feel. They they've do. Got my, yeah. definitely got my trust back and, funny because i've been um you know on facebook when you see the old um old posts and everything and i tell you what i read <laughs> off the d's in the time and i just yeah. laugh from there i'm like what were you doing with those facebook statuses but anyway yeah um you know now it's you know it's it's just amazing to see um the d's perform that's it and of course with any fantastic win there's uh plenty to like about uh, plenty to like about our game, and we're going to chat about that in our very first segment for the week. In credit to the boys. Back into the game, so um, it's real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the boys. All right, Simo. Well, first thing that I think stood out for me on the weekend was, I wouldn't say the million dollar man, but fresh off signing a five-year extension uh, to his contract, which was, again, uh, an amazing uh, renew of, uh, what's the word, not renewal, uh, payback of belief. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I don't know. I can't even think of what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Christian Salem, uh, outstanding. I mean, he's building together a really good case, a really promising case uh, for all Australian, I think, this year. But he was just huge on the weekend. He got a lot of football and he's been getting a lot more of the football this year, uh, which has never been something that is, I don't know, he's never had trouble, I guess, finding the football. But just his impact with it, I think, has just been a lot more damaging. And I think we sort of talked about how Rivers has allowed him to sort of push up the ground a little bit more. But I think Sailor was a bit stiff not to win the win the medal for best on mm. on uh, Saturday night. And when they finally decided who had won it or they got the message across to <laughs> to the lady what, that was the Yeah, that was an absolute shamozzle. <laughs> Wasn't it? Um, but, I mean, he finished up with 39 touches, 15 handballs, 24 kicks, 7 marks. And really, I think his goal... Can't be underestimated about how important that was in that first quarter. You think about the pressure that we were under uh, and to really not really have the ball very much at all in our possession in the first 15 minutes and for us to be able to just get a notch on the scoreboard with his great goal from outside 50 uh, was really important uh, and really crucial for us to sort of build and, and hang, hang, in, hang in there in that first quarter. But he's just his ball use is just outstanding. I mean, he was running at about, oh, not about, what have I got there? 79, 79% uh, efficiency, which is, yeah, absolutely. We know that he's a fantastic kick and he's a great user of the ball. And we've all often touted that he could be a really great option for inside 50. But I think he's just being able to find the right spots and just really kind of be that sort of second kick after whether it's May or Rivers. He, he's been that really great um, connection between the midfield and the forward line or whether it's the halfback line and the midfield, but he's he's finding the ball everywhere. And yeah, absolutely great game by him and always good for a couple of tackles. And I mean, for the season, he's averaging 27 and 18 kicks, which both are, you know, both are ranking elite in the competition. Take that what you will, but... Yeah, to the to the naked eye and to the couch 
couch expert. He's looking pretty bloody good and, and uh, certainly a pivotal part in the success that the Ds have had so far. Yeah, I reckon definitely. Well, no, that blo- those blonde locks must be working for him. <laughs> Once he's brought those in, um, yeah, he's been a very, very handy. Well, you look at you look back. I think I don't know if we spoke about this last week, but you look at you look at the trade we made at the time. You know, thinking we weren't going to get Josh Kelly, and then he comes in at pick nine and picked up Dommy Tyson. Obviously, yeah, he's playing. Could be the Dom Tyson Cup this week. It could be. <laughs> Yeah. Dom like, Tosson, Jordan Gisbert's, I don't know, keep, yeah. keep rattling them off. There's a fair few there. Cam Pedersen. <laughs> More importantly, Benny Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's good seeing Salem, yeah, I think being released. Um, I think having, you know, Rivers and or especially Hibbo back or when Jet is in the side, it can release him up the ground. I don't know where he sort of flows. He's a bit of a sort of a hard one. I think he just he just finds a footy at will. Um you know, being a betting man, he's always very sure to get. <laughs> um, did you did you chuck a sneaky I bet did. on him on the weekend? I did, I did. I had him for twenty. I wish I went for most disposals, but oh, anyway, it would have been yeah. nice and tight between those three boys. Clary, what was he paying? Like a dollar five uh, for twenty? No, uh, nah, he's actually usually pretty good around the dollar fifteen mark. They're actually very generous. Yeah, I know sports bet actually already paid on the D's when. Oh, you just. That's preposterous. I wish I put money on it. T- took the words right out of my mouth. I just saw that yesterday. Uh, that's ridiculous. That, they they haven't paid out in any other team, have they? No. There must be a shitload of money coming in. They might. Oh, potentially there must have. Well, because I think the D's at the start of you were paying twenty six, and um, I, I saw even something. that seems even that seems low, especially after the Bulldogs game, after oh, yeah. <laughs> preseason game, yeah. when we when everyone's motto was sack Goodwin, you know, waiting for the season starts. So. But, yeah, anyway, nah, huge return of faith from Salo and, and yeah, his uh, actions on field are certainly stepping up for it. Uh, the second thing, we've we've talked a lot this year um, and a big part of Melbourne's identity at the moment is their defense. Uh, we know what Tomlinson, Lever, and, I mean, how good was it to have May back, uh, you know, just managed to slide in uh, a couple of weeks out from an orbital bloody fracture. He made Tom Lynch look terrible, didn't he? No, oh, well, if anyone knows him as, as you know, as a player, it would be former teammate and co-captain. But yeah, great to have him back in the ground. And Lieber played an outstanding job as well too. He played an outstanding game, uh, which is which has been plenty highlighted in the media over the weekend. But I want to talk about two blokes that probably don't get as much rap. And the first one is Jaden Hunt, who is in the midst of a bit of a revival. Uh, at the D's in terms of fin- finally finding position that I think he looks comfortable with. Well, you look at, you look at the new stand rule. You can just take blokes on left, right, and center, and he breaks the game open, and like he allows the forwards to move too. But just some of the plays he was just linking up. I tell you what, he's yeah. Much. Him and Langdon, plays. him and Langdon oh. <laughs> the <laughs> on the wings, man. Box. It's just Woo. gets you excited, gets you tingly when you see him uh, link up along the wing and. He's he's absolutely thriving in his new role. I mean, you know, they threw him down forward last year and and it looked okay at times. Uh, but, you know, at the start of the year, you probably weren't picking him in your best 22, I don't think. Not not without a not without a consistent role. So it's great to see him have a bit of a bounce back. His tackling has been outstanding and his kicking, I dare say it has improved since what it has been. It's always been something that's been a bit of a knock on him. Uh, but... And don't don't get me wrong, I certainly couldn't kick for shit when I'm running for 150 kilometers an hour. I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy, but these are professional footballs we are talking about. So great to see him having a bounce back year and, and had a great game on the weekend. And the other person who you kind of mentioned before uh, is Piggy Hibbard, I think, did an absolutely ripper job on Dustin Martin. I don't care what you tell him about injuries that he had pre-existing uh, he was nullified throughout that game, Dusty Martin, uh, by Hibbard, has been tasked with the role before mm-hmm. uh, and absolutely took him to town. I didn't get a number count on how many tackles he had, but didn't let him have an impact on the game whatsoever. Uh, I honestly didn't notice Dusty off uh, until halfway through the third, but yeah. it was not much different to <laughs> quarters one and two no, because he barely had the ball. He wasn't having an impact. You're like, well... Oh, you know, I saw Jackson Ross come on. I was like, hmm, who got subbed out? And yeah, like, oh, we don't know, we don't know. And I was like, hang on a second, big super coach fan. I was going through the stats. I'm like, dude, Dustin Martin, he's only on eight touches. It must have been him or something. 
Um, and I was like, oh, geez, that's yeah, bizarre. But yeah, Hibbo's job on Dusty, I think. I was, I was reading some article during the week as well. Um, I think Joan, Nathan Jones has gone near him. He's like, Pigo's just telling him to get out of it. And, um, you know, he's, he's his role and everything. And, um, you know, I think 360 or one of the one of the um, footy shows, they really broke it down as to how he would really shut down Dusty's um, impact. Um, so I um, wouldn't be surprised if other teams watch that vision and, um, yeah, probably yeah. Buy the same tactic. Oh, that's right. Uh, and the lot and... And just to follow up on that, I think we sort of briefly talked about it at the top, but Richmond with their inside 50s, I mean, they kicked three goals the first quarter, kicked six in total for the match. So that six goal conceded uh, for the entire game with 60 inside 50s. The Ds have an opposition average scoring rate uh, for inside 50 for 31% average for the season. So every time they get the ball in, they score 31% of the time. Uh, Saturday night, it was 30% against Richmond, which is pretty unbelievable. And I think we talked about the point that Dees were able to absorb that pressure and that heat so quickly uh, in that first, you know, in that first quarter. We sort of didn't really know what hit us. There was a little bit of shell shock, a bit of adjusting to conditions. But, and especially the last quarter as well too. I think Richmond had a fair few inside 50s in that last quarter. Uh, where we weren't really looking to do a whole lot with it. We were just kind of standing pat, protecting the lead. But the fact that though that defense is just so rock solid that they weren't letting anything get in. And there has been, I think, uh, it might have been footy classified, just doing some great isolating footage of Lieber being able to pinpoint in his defense uh, the way that he's structured and the way that that's spread and being able to pick off those those inside 50s uh, from the entry kicks from the Richmond. And and then you've just got Tomlinson, who was playing high up, and Rewalt, who kicked an absolute hell of a first goal. But after that, uh, yeah, really had zero impact in the game. And we took all Richmond forwards out of out of contention for that game. The only person that looked like breaking the game open was Shy Bolton towards Bolton the end. Fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah. It was looking good for the old supercoach side, young Shay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to to help or to go along with what you were saying, you know, I actually at the game, I actually said to my sister, I was at the game with, um, I said we looked a bit rattled. We looked, we looked, yeah, like you were saying, I think you said a bit shell shocked. I felt, I felt like we were rattled. Um, but then you know you were saying before, Sailor kicked that steady goal, and I think that belief suddenly come back. And um, you know, one thing I really did like as well was. More so in the, well, in the past, we haven't really adjusted to wet weather footy because we've overpossessed <laughs> all with handball. But yeah. I don't know. There's something about the D's that, you know, we'll just clean. Like, I think we've just done a lot of work on our skill-based stuff. I mean, I think Choco Williams has had a big impact there um, on our, you know, on our ball movement and, you know, just being clean. And, um, you know, we we're really able to adjust to that wet weather condition, um, which was really, really pleasing to see. It was. It looked like we were playing with a dry footy, and they were playing playing with a you know a wet sponge out there. It was ridiculous. It was. Um, I haven't seen us play in the wet like that before, and I think it's yeah. Richmond are known, as you said, like the, it's one of their strengths. The rain comes down, they can play that territory ball, and it again highlighted in the media of the weekend and about we've been very much labelled as playing Richmond footy better than Richmond were um, on Saturday night, but just the outnumbering at contests and it kind of takes back to 2018 you think about you know when we had the whole diamond and like that whole pressure and surge footy before the 666 came in you know d's were so good at outnumbering and running behind the ball and just pushing the ball forward we struggled with that once that rule came in uh, after that but we've now seemed to find a way that we can move the ball quickly and and i think you talked about with the uncontested possessions our handballs i think we nearly, nearly doubled them and handballs, they were trying to move the ball by foot. We were handballing it and running it out of defense and moving the ball so quickly, we get to outnumber situations. And there's a couple of, I say, I use the term fast breaks because basketball, but, you know, a couple of circumstances like that, that we end up in in running into open goal. I think Jacko got on the end of a couple of like that because of the way that we were playing. We had those players down there. Spargo had a couple of good hits, keep, kept his feet. I think Pickett, you know, was looking over there, but... Yeah, I think there's certainly uh, crowding contests, just getting the balling out and running with, and it's it's exceptional to see that the Ds can adapt and, and stick to that game style. It's something that we've done each and every week this season. Correct. 
was there anything else that jumped out to you or uh well, i suppose i mean you could just you can pinpoint you know players performances and everything and i suppose yeah. this would keep going um i suppose you know there's always there's always heaps of things to like and um you know the best thing another really good thing is you know the consistency built in our players now you know players are doing it week in week out you know we're not relying on the same people to have impacts and um you know i think you know players are playing for each other they're being selfless um i know we spoke spoke highly of better wingers um last um last week you know lingers and and brayshaw and um and the likes that go through that area but um, you know, blokes stick in structures, and we can see that um, we're a team. We're just a team. We're playing we're as a team. team. Yeah, we're playing as a team. We're a team that wants to to work for each other, and um, you know, really, you know, we want success. We've got the, we've got the mix to do so. It's just obviously, you know, it's been building across the years, and it looks like we've matured in that way in you know this year. That's it. I think it's it's certainly something that looks like it's going to stand up for you know, a considerable amount of time. If we, we continue to bring this, you know, barring everything else goes well, and you look, it's been plenty uh, publicized about the next four weeks, and I'm not saying that we're, we're going to go 10 to 0 because I think that's very ambitious, but we've got a very favorable fixture for the next four weeks, for the next month of footy, uh, even if we win two to three of those. It sets up the rest of our season. Right. Um, you know, for success and something that, yeah, we've generally left to the other end of the season to be pull our fingers out and start doing something. So it's going to be nice to be on this side of it and sort of really kind of be defending and maybe maybe managing our players, making sure that we're doing all the right things just to get a few wins more over the board, but kind of playing the long game, understanding that, that you know, the, the season exists past round six. And I think coaches know that. Everything that we're hearing is uh is very positive in that sense then you know they're not getting ahead of ourselves uh and yeah even this week coming north melbourne can't underestimate them uh at all we i think good is very good at saying that you gotta you gotta respect everyone that you play and um yeah so no very promising signs and and looking forward to seeing what's to come for sure that's it well i suppose the last thing we probably haven't really touched on is we a good way to wrap up the likes of what we saw and you know, credit to the lads, um, to the boys. It was you know getting a win for Jonesy? You know, big big expectation, big three hundredth game. Even Gussie on there with his hundredth game. You know, it was great to see Jonesy being cheered off in the right way. And um, yeah, it was it was um, something. I don't know if we won when David Neitz got his three hundredth, but no, oh, shit. Um, gee, it was good to um, good to be a part of it. It was, oh, mate. I can't I can't remember. I can't remember if we won. But I think he was saying, um, what well, it was the same. Was it the same game as somebody else broke the? Was it Jimmy broke the record for consecutive games in a season? Uh, consecutive games played. Oh no! It, it was like he was saying his three hundredth was overshadowed. I think he was kind of likening it to Dusty playing two fifty, Jonesy playing three hundred, and there was there was someone else. I can't remember exactly who it was. Something else going on. But no, it was great to see. Like. And not overanalyzing his game at all. Again, he, he played his role, um, had some really good moments, and would have loved to, would have loved him to get a goal. I think that would have been. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if that would have been trying. I mean, not in the third quarter, probably, or not in the fourth quarter. We weren't really looking to score in that fourth quarter, but it would have been great to see him get a goal on that and just hear it erupt. But anyway, that's all right. No, got the win for him. Amazing spectacle. Uh, great to be back at the G on Anzac Day Eve and such a, such a, yeah, momentous occasion uh, for a very important uh, part in Australian and New Zealand history. And yeah, proud to have a team that plays a, plays a role in that. And, and honestly, much better, much better two sides that we're playing the following day. So let's, let's just rake that up to being, yeah, the more important game, the bigger yeah. blocks, bigger blockbuster for sure. <laughs> Well, we've covered the things that we did love on the weekend and as with any win, there's not a whole lot not to like, but we better cover a couple of things that we can improve on and tidy up in Pretty Pissed Off. Pretty, I'm, a pretty, pissed, I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, that's not, that's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games.
Right, Simo. Well, as, as we said, pretty outstanding four-quarter effort from the boys. Uh, had to be really nitpicky here to find things that didn't love too much. Uh, but I'm going to start with towards the end of the game. I suppose towards the end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth, I just didn't love the way that the boys were trying to exit. Richmond were really kind of pushing forward, not looking dangerous, but just gathering a lot more of the ball than what they had in second, third quarter. Uh, really kind of just pressing inside 50. And all we could kind of do was sort of scrambling a little bit in defense. And all we could seem to do was just throw it on the boot. And Richmond were so well just, you know, structured in in the midfield and, and behind the ball that we weren't kicking to anyone. And I don't know, there was, this, there was probably a few sequences of just constant repeat entries of Richmond just going pinballing back and forth, back and forth. Whereas I just think we need to slow down a little bit and either soak up some time or just look to where we get back to our ball use a little bit. Now, the personnel might not have been there. We might not have been set up properly, but it was just something I noticed towards the end of the third quarter and, and fourth, especially upon rewatching, where I think fourth quarter, we kind of, you know, uh, I'd say we didn't put the boot away a little bit. We don't, we did, we certainly took the foot off not looking to score. We didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't look not to pressure him. But we certainly weren't looking to move the ball or take any unnecessary risks to move. So, yeah, that was just something I thought we, we certainly could have moved the ball a little bit better and still look to, to kick a bit of bit of a score. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, I think. I don't know. I don't know if we just sort of thought the job was done and we we're just sort of coasting in the last quarter. But, you know, in past weeks, you know, we started to start putting teams to the sword. But obviously, it's been a lot closer in the time. So, I, I don't know, I suppose... You know, we just sort of must have been told to go defensive. I don't know. Like it was, we, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick it. I think we I think they sort of were fighting back to a degree, and I think they sort of halved the contest in the fourth and back yeah. in the third. But like and again, like it's, you know, it's very hard to be picky in that area. But <laughs> um, I mean, they are they are the reigning premiers. You think about like and again, not not always, not discrediting Richmond. I think a lot of it was due to their. You know, they certainly had a bit of fight back in them, even though they, they had a few players down at that stage. But, you know, I'm sitting next to my dad who has never been safe with the lead. It doesn't matter how big or how much longer is yeah. left. He's just sitting there and I think with his head in his hands numerous times watching those repeat entries in, just thinking, you know, oh my goodness, what are we going to get into here? He's never been one to get ahead of himself. And, uh, yeah, the, the anxiety uh, runs pretty high, and I, I have to admit that you know that I was definitely like that at the time. But uh, yeah, credit to Richmond for pressuring. And as I said, Shy Bolton kind of looked like he could have um, blown the game open a little bit towards the end and, and made it a bit more of a contest. I think they ended up kicking. Oh, what was it? And what what were they kicking last quarter? Is it two goals? Two goals four. I think well, they. Here you go. I got some stats. One goal, four in the last. One goal, four. Quarter. We and actually, actually something... outscored them in the last quarter. Surprisingly enough. Well, track track kicked the goal first, and then Cosy uh, kicked that goal later on. So yeah, but anyway, it's that was pretty much it. The only other thing that oh, the only other thing that I sort of noticed there's a couple of times that Lever and May. Amazing when they're uh, when they're structured up and they're and they're in their zone and they they know they're barking orders and they know exactly where they are. Yeah. Put them next to each other in a contest. What are they doing? Both flying for the same spoil. I mean, you often you often find it's always Lever coming over the top. Uh, I feel like it's not so much Stevie May. I reckon it's a lot of Lever with those yeah. arms. Um, but yeah, anyway. I tell you what, I think they're going that well that. Um, for the other team to have a kick, well, for Tom Lynch to get anywhere near it, um, yeah. our boys spoil each other, which I think they end up fluffing. I think in that same moment, they would have had three or four blokes yeah. swinging down the other end. Fast break. <laughs> they still fluffed it. I yeah. don't know how or how it happened, um, but, yeah, I'll tell you what. Pretty good defense, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, go. yeah, speaking of that Cozy goal, um, oh, actually, no, you're going to talk about that now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you, you go. You talk. No, um, you talk. Well, I suppose something I sort of—I mean, it's it's a hard one, but also, you know, I've been a bit of a talking point um, the last couple of days. Is you know, Cozzy points at the scoreboard to young Ryan Mansell. But look, to be honest, that bloke should be probably playing BFL. He didn't go near it. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's it's very very. You know, I I I'm I'm happy he gave him the spray, but the points at the scoreboard thing probably didn't really happen. But 
I think, you know, I think Goody will, you know, put him under his wing and say, you know, like, look, you've had your fun, you know, like we're at a, you know, we're at a really good point. And I think, um, you know, try like showing things like that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't need to happen, but um, yeah, it's just one sort of thing that I sort of pinpointed where, you know, probably didn't really need to happen. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, there's that one side of the supporter that kind of loves to see that, <laughs> you know, you're on the back and you haven't seen... You haven't seen a, you haven't seen the days sort of involved in a, a bit of a melee or a bit of a, you know, scramble like that uh, for a little while, uh, and you love the fire and the heat that Cosy brings and the passion for it. But it, yeah, again, you have to think second year player, he's young as he's as you said, he's excited, he's young, uh, he'll learn from that. Um, yeah, you have to be worried. They they won't forget that. I think regardless of who his opponent was, I think. The especially after kicking the goal and the fact that he went back at him <laughs> was was uh yeah I, I wasn't secretly loving it but oh gee, ah, that, that's that right was, actually thing thing I really did this like was Clayton Oliver not kicking the goal oh you bloody stole what I was gonna yeah, say mate butchered it he ruined the moment I reckon oh had the build up from the crowd so like after all that had had subsided. And sort of understanding, trying to, you know, when you're in the stands, you've got no idea what's going on. Obviously, you, yeah. you're not listening to commentary. Yeah. And then when you saw everyone, you know, all in, and then you're thinking, oh, shit, here you go, free kick. And then you see Clary. And then just the atmosphere. I think we were talking before about the atmosphere around the ground and how much this is like rumble, this like kind of gradual rumble. And I was filming on my phone. I was like, come on, please, please kick the goal because the whole place was going to absolutely lose their shit if he yeah. kicked the goal. <laughs> and, he bloody, and he missed it because and literally um, the roof would have been blown off the G had Clary kicked that goal because the the electricity and the energy around the ground from day supporters was just absolutely insane. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I had that written down to say, Clary, bloody kick that goal. So, uh, but anyway, as I said, slim pickings. Uh not a lot to complain about when you're six and zero and you've just knocked off the two uh, reigning grand finalists. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I dislike was you saying blow the roof off the MCG. Aren't they playing in an open stadium? Oh, you know what I mean, mate. <laughs> Don't get technical with me. <laughs> it sounds like something my dad would say. <laughs> Well, we do have to acknowledge so many good players, as we mentioned up before. We haven't even mentioned Petrarca's game uh, at all. But I'll tell you what, the next award, the next segment, it's not, not about people that get recognised. It's about the people that kind of fly under the radar a bit in the Charlie Spargo Award. And, yeah, we've both got a nomination uh, this week. Mine goes to a player who, who I think is building uh, a fantastic season that probably, yeah, again, isn't get the recognition that he deserves. Hence the name of this award and hence why he's a nomination for being a recipient of it. But Alex Neil Bullen, who's been a really integral part of this Ford Pressure trio with Cosy and Charlie Spargo, uh, aptly named after him. He is just, from coming, what, two, three years ago, really a fringe player who's in and out of the side, probably playing half Casey, half of the D's, um, you know, trying to get midfield minutes, but not really kind of finding it there, to now really solidifying his role uh, as that high half forward, uh, somebody that has a ferocious tackler. Uh, still to this day, I think that as bad as the sling tackle was, he had his name been a superstar, he wouldn't have copped that. So he was a bit of a scapegoat for that whole suspension thing there with a the dangerous tackle. But... He is just, he's such an important part of that pressure gauge down there. And I think his goal from the boundary line, from the deliberate free kick was, was outstanding. I mean, he ended up with a couple of goals. He kicked, you know, he had 19 touches, nine contested, uh, nine contested possessions and 26 pressure acts. But he's really forming a really important role. And I don't think that his spot is not in, in jeopardy at all. And I think was a, sort of just chatting about how some of the disposal counts, you look at some of those players, especially down forward, some of them might not be racking up the numbers, but you know what? Everything that they do off the ball um, is equally as important. And I think 
he has been just slowly building and building that repertoire of that. And his ball use has been, and it wasn't so much on Saturday night, but his ball use has been actually excellent. He has got incredible vision putting the ball inside 50. And we, he's become a reliable player that I think that we can look at to have inside our best 22 for you know the reign of the season. I don't think there's anyone that's really um, biting at his heels to take his spot. So um, yeah, A and B, well done. Um, I don't think that yeah, don't think he's quite got the recognition that he deserves. And he's still young, South Australian boy, and and I think last off season was potentially floated you know i think the opportunity would have been there if if he had felt like he wanted to go home i think melbourne would have looked to move him so but i think right now you think that he's yeah one of those cogs in the machine that is part of uh the days looking at six and oh to start 2021 but what about you mate what who who, who have you seen this is well this is we'll we'll start with the backstory to this man so um so my my girlfriend's sister's partner um, used to work for Sandy Dragons, and um, I think um, he um, just I have to double check with him, but he um, so, so the player I'm talking about was dropped from Sandy Dragons in the bottom year, thinking you know he's never going to make it, and um, I think he went I don't know exactly where he plays 18s footy, but obviously he had an okay year, and you know got picked up by us, and I was a bit unsure about the player at the time, and. Yeah, you know, you look at it now, and this this player is very much loved amongst the playing group. You saw it when he when he debuted in round one this year. That you know players really get around him, and he looks like a bloke that wants wants to learn and wants to get better. And I think he's really showcasing you know um, what it's like to be a part of the D D side at the moment. And that's you know high pressure and you know showing some real real fight and real ticker. Um, and that goes to Jimmy Jordan. Um, I feel like. Especially, I don't know, I didn't notice him much in the first quarter, but the last three quarters, whenever he got the footy, I just kept saying, go Jimmy Jordan. Like he's, you know, he's got a bloody ripper last name. Um, <laughs> he, Good uh, nickname. Yeah, I tell you what, he, um, yeah, Jimmy Jordan, I, I, you know, I saw a game against the Cats where he, I think he might have had five disposals where I was like, well, you know, is it his time to have a rest in the twos and everything? But then, you know, he come out against Hawthorne and, and Richmond on the weekend and, he actually showed that he really, really fits in our side. Um, again, another tough one to to leave out at the moment because for one, he applies a shitload of, of shitload of pressure. You know, <laughs> Ian Jack Viney in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how many how much game time Jimmy Jordan plays, but um, you know, when he is in there, he's giving hundred percent effort and it's you know, it's really great to see. He's um yeah, well, I think the fact that he's played all six games normally, he's not a rookie per se. I mean, he's debuted this year, but he's had, what, three years in the system now. Uh, but, yeah, tall midfielder, somebody that's been taking a lot of the centre bounces. And you think about Tommy Sparrow going out, he's probably the person, and you saw Melsham come in, but Melsham sort of that higher forward as well too. Probably the person that's keeping Sparrow, somebody like Sparrow out, but kind of brings the same... Same sort of intensity, but someone that can push forward and, and kick a goal as well too. So, no, I'm absolutely with you. Yeah, stats won't jump off jump off the sheet, that's for sure. But uh, you just look at all those little things. And I think, it, again, people get so caught up on stats, caught up on Supercoach. <laughs> but when it comes to a team, you know, being cohesive and, and putting together, uh, you know, a successful side that everybody is sacrificing and playing their role. Uh, you know, he's certainly a part of that. Well, it's definitely arguably the most important segment of our podcast, Simo, because it is the one that is fed by the fans and we wouldn't be here without him in our next segment in Fugazi. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. You do your best, uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> no, I can't, but it's uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's woozy, it's wazi. <laughs> so this week I put it out to our social followers about I think just as a supporter, and I think you would uh, agree with me here, and a lot of people did never, I think, in my time as a Melbourne supporter or more than I've been invested in as a Melbourne supporter, I don't think I've ever been as confident as I am now to to watch or rock up week after week and know what I'm going to see from our boys on the field. Now, I know six games is early. I get that. But, 
you know what? Doesn't matter how we've we've been tested and we've responded, but I think we've always managed to sort of drag it back to the sort of style that we've wanted to play. And I know, again, you bring up the uh, the the jargon that Simon Goodwin for three four years had so often used about you know trying to have an identifiable brand of football. We want to get back to the way we want to play. And for so many years, when we were kind of you know mediocre and shit. It meant nothing and it was just annoying, don't you you reckon? But now, as we sort of mentioned at the top, I can see you're losing it there. (laughs) But now we talked about how all all the talk has now been backed up with our actions on field and all the pieces are starting to click. So I said that it's been extremely pleasing. I don't think now I could fathom us not rocking up a particular week. And I know that's ambitious saying that after six weeks, but I said to our said to our faithful, how would you just describe our game style and what's been our biggest success out of the coaching box? So yeah, part of that whole range. But that was very much heartfelt because I feel like, you know, they always say that, okay, Richmond, you know that they're going to rock up and they're going to play Richmond way and Geelong, they're going to be yeah. possession, possession heavy and they're going to control the ball. You know how they're going to play. Oh, Demons yeah. has been... Yes, awesome one week, shit the next, and it's just been all over the place. But this yeah. year, so far, we've managed to be consistent. We've stuck to our game plan, and it's and supporters can tell this is how Melbourne play. And, uh, yeah, it's extremely pleasing to see. So, first off the top, we've got Jimmy Barr from Facebook said, Tomlinson as a lockdown defender for mine, allowing more freedom for Lever to do his thing and less stress on May to free him up a touch too. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tomlinson's been plenty publicized about the success that he's been as a key defender. And it's actually really interesting. I don't know if you saw, Simo, he had an interview on Sunday Footy Show. Um, and he was just talking about that he actually played uh, center half back at Giants. But he just said the difference between that role and the Demons is that the Giants play one-on-one. And he said they're mantra pretty much is like you've got your opponent beat him that's your job for today whereas these is very much structured um you know you've all got your role in your team defense and it's very much based around if if one person falls over then we all fall over sort of thing so that was really promising to hear uh jimmy then continues on to go say and the obvious selflessness all the boys are buying into sprinkle that with how Damn good our three young'uns are, Cozzy, Dogger, and Rivers. And can you believe it, Weeds and Brown still at Casey? And he's putting brackets 17 goals in two games between them, trying to crack into the 22. Jeez, I'm bloody excited. <laughs> There's about five exclamation marks after that. So, yeah, spot on, Jimmy. Thanks for that. Uh, who have we got next there? All righty. So next we've got from Mick Mole. I think he actually sent in last week. So, yeah, thanks. He did. He's a, he's a regular, I think, yeah, regular supporter and I think he might be admin on uh, one of the Dave's pages as well too. So, yeah, thanks, Mick. Appreciate your support. Uh, superstar. So, game style, contested, defensive, uh, driven to play a team role, overplaying a position, um, biggest success out of the coaching box. Uh, he's saying, you know, keeping our players fit, healthy and happy. So, you look talking about Burjo and I 100% agree. You know, we can run out games really well. Um, football really does not need to be, um, need to be overcomplicated. Keep it simple. Keep it honest. Aim to be elite. Um, I think um, we are a fairly, fairly uh, typical Paul Roos team uh, type of team. Um, so obviously, what he was trying to develop, and you know, they'll lead into the next comment, which I'm, I'm happy to take on here. Um, yeah, go for it. Nicely um, from Philip um, Goldsworthy. So belief and maturity plus coaching panel on song. And you know, the one big word I was thinking about when you were talking just before, Timmy, on your little tangent, um, <laughs> was uh, with maturity. The one word that springs to mind, I think that's the biggest thing about our season at the moment is um, our players becoming more mature and um, more selfless. Is it just, is it as simple as flicking a switch? And I know, I think a number of, I think it's been one of those terms that has been, you know, bantered around in the media about like, Somebody asked, I think, Matty Lloyd or somebody over the weekend, like, why, how have Melbourne turned it around so quickly? And, it, like, you do, you throw these terms around, selflessness, belief, maturity, sacrifice, team roles, that sort of thing. I don't know. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? Like, is it the matter of just, as we talked about, like, the puzzle pieces just falling into place? Is it something that um, 
that you know Maxi is has said over the summer is it is it I just I want to know who's identified it and who's pointed it out over the summer and yeah where's that where's that switch been I mean I'm glad it's been flicked and it's fantastic but it's not like we've had any huge personnel changes over the last two years really think about it um yeah I think it's our, I think it's our midfield group you know they're fighting they'll fight over midfield time I know there's a few few arguments and stuff there so I think that could be a big thing and yeah Sure, is Adam Uze a midfield coach? He is, yeah. 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 So there there you go. So he's yeah. coming through from Hawthorne that's um, you know, spun him in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, huge. Uh, not to mention oh actually no, I won't uh won't go on that because I'm pretty sure that's coming up <laughs> from uh one of our one of our faithful. All right, the next one we've got here is from uh it's off Twitter. We've got uh from at Team Vanders with My Heart Beats True. He said, hard at it following team rules, and I think as we kind of said, there's obviously been a monumental team shift in, in the way that they've taken on their their football and their approach to the game. And um, I think Brendan Smiles, who's coming on next, is pretty much sums up the same thing, a team that is committed to playing as a team. And it doesn't seem like that can be emphasized uh, any more than it possibly is. And it's certainly evident from, from where we're sitting, I reckon, Simo, don't you reckon? Correct. Yeah, all right. Who have we got next, mate? All right, talk coming through from Jill um, Jill Harbro. Um, so, the defensive structure, the use of skill sets, e.g., uh, Langton, Salem, and Hunt. So, using speed and also ball use. Um, the maturity. There you go right again. Um, and poise. Um, the, the on-field accountability. Ooh, what a word. Um, uh, better inside fifty targeting and resets. Um, Uze and Williams with a shucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, emoji there. Um, so obviously they're loving the work of Uze and Williams, and I think we all are. It's been yeah, and I think we talked about it last week about I think Langdon was talking about the impact of Mark Williams, but his impact on our skill level, and I think from our kicking, and I think somebody like we talked about how Jaden Hunt has improved his kicking. I think Ed Langdon was somebody also that has yep. certainly notched his game up. Uh, with his kicking skills as well, because I know that was a bit of a knock on him. And again, extremely hard to kick accurately uh, when you're running at lightning speed. But it has to be said that, yeah, that subtle change in the background um, behind the scenes in in the coaching department with Mark Williams, who I think has always had something to offer. And I think everywhere he's gone, he's had a positive impact. And I think the last place... Well, not the last place, but he was at Richmond the year before that they won the grand final. I think there's, there's a correlation there. It has to be. Uh, I don't know if you've listened. He's, he's got a fantastic interview on the Sacked podcast uh, with AFL, so with John Ralph. And it's amazing to hear like his passion for footy, and I think he just loves getting around the club. And I think they likened... Who is it that... I think... Is it... Uh, oh, John Worsfold's coming to Carlton, I think, to try and help Teague play away. And they kind of compared it to Choco or Williams, sorry, uh, Mark Williams coming to Melbourne and sort of saying the difference is that Mark Williams loves being the coach and, and having contact with the players and really kind of developing that relationship with them and having an impact. And you see some of the photos, you know, his arms around him, he's, he's having a laugh, he's loving it, and I think the players are really bought into that. And, you know, he talks a lot, if you listen to that interview, he talks a lot about teaching players how to kick straight. And I mean, that was one of our biggest deficiencies last year and has been. Our skill level has been atrocious at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I think, you know, we've tied it up over the summer. Yes, okay, the first couple of rounds is a bit shaky, but we've certainly improved and far out. Hasn't the results kind of, you know, spoke for themselves? So, um, yeah, spot on there, Jill. And, uh, yeah, last of all there, Kirk Scott's got tackling pressure. And I think we can all agree with that, that as I was saying before, that little trio that we have down there, uh, not to mention, well, not to mention our big forwards. I mean, Tom McDonald, like our big forwards, uh, Jackson, they're all buying in. They're all having a crack. Um, McDonald had a couple of ripper, um, or maybe not so much on Saturday, but he has this year already had some fantastic tackles in the 450. Um, and it's not, I think, the biggest thing is that they're not just leaving it to the small forwards to go after, not to be that, you know, stereotypical small forward crumbing, tackling pressure uh, player. It's everybody that's in the forward 50. You're all having a crack. You're all part of that forward structure that 
that's locking the ball into that forward 50. And that's why I think we've been so hard to play against. And, and the stats are showing that. We've been hard to score against, and that's because the ball's been played predominantly in our half. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's it. Thanks, uh, thanks to everyone that contributed, and, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for the next one. Righty, Tim. Um, I suppose we, you know, we've gone through um, everything for the, from the last week's game and, you know, what we've liked and everything. And I think now we're going to sort of look ahead to, to this weekend. Um, so heading, you know, round seven. You know, we weren't, weren't sure what, where we're going to play. I don't, I, think, I don't think it's actually confirmed yet. But, um, you know, there's talk we'll play a Bloodstone, talk it could be moved to Marvel. It's sort of up in the air. I hope they've made a decision um, pretty soon. It'd be pretty cool if it's a Marvel. There's money to sneak down there on the uh, <laughs> one ten Sunday game. Um, we'll go through an oppo analysis. I think it's good to... Um, to sort of pinpoint some areas where, you know, what we what we'd like to see, and I suppose things that we could be, you know, should be a little bit weary or careful of. Um, obviously, um, as as supporters, each week you're thinking, you know, what have we got to do to, you know, to get to to get the win. So, might start off with um, what I'd like to see. So usually when I do these oppo analysis analysis. I'll do what I'd like to see and um, what we should be careful of. So starting off with what I'd like to see would be uh, Benny Brown against his old side is my uh, my number one point. But the hard thing is, is like, you know, you got to settle inside at the moment and, you know, does Ben Brown mix things up too much? Do we do we go Melchior now for Brown? Like it's, oh, it's a talking point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you got to play him at some point, um, but I think he's got to kick five or six in the VFL. I yeah, I don't know. I, I could see him bring in Wiedemann first rather than rather than Benny. I just think purely on form and maybe at the different stages that they are with their recovery on their injury. I would see Weeds coming in first. But as you said, settled aside, a side that's gone six and oh, you're not messing with it. Uh but there's got I think Goody said on the weekend, there's gonna be a point there that, you know, five, ten rounds time, uh you don't you don't have a choice. Um yeah. You, you, you know, you got those players there. So who knows? I mean, yeah, I honestly, unless there's any niggles or anything that people have pulled up rough, I don't see really any team changes this week unless there's some severe matchups that might not line up. Like obviously Richmond are quite small, sorry, down forward. But at the same time, they could be. It, it, it's probably not the worst one, not the worst opportunity to trial where they want to try two forwards, two tall forwards and and and... Yeah, I don't know where that puts Jackson. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. See what happens. <laughs> Every, I, I love North Melbourne. Um, I've got a few really close mates that go for the North, but I suppose when I pl- when we play against them, I hate them. Um, you know, they're a bit of a bogey side for the Ds. Um, and yeah, I think it's one of those things we really struggle to uh, to knock off. You can't, and you can't forget. You know what? Two weeks ago, they held steady with Geelong for three quarters until the last quarter. So. Yeah, as you said, you can't underestimate him. Um, and we've mentioned about how good he said you've got to respect the side that you're playing each week. You can't go in there with any sort of expectations about ladder positions or, you know, what sort of reputation that side comes in. You've just got to take them for, for their merit, uh, for what they bring on game day, and you've got to play it. And I think we've certainly, in previous years, we've gotten into trouble, you know. Oh, yeah. That was the biggest knock. We, you know lose the games that we should win and we win the games that we should lose. So, um, yeah, I can't see us making that mistake. I think we've certainly talked about maturity a lot this episode. Yep. Uh, let's hope that that kicks in. So, no, could definitely. Be a good one. Could be a good one for the title, I reckon. Yeah. Maturity <laughs> has set in. Uh, <laughs> um, it's got to be It's got to be a pun. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a play on words, mate. Come on, nice. haven't, haven't, you, haven't you looked at the previous titles of the episode? Yeah, I'll leave that one to you, man. <laughs> um, next one, what I'd like to see: um, Do we try and expose Jack Siebel? Um, you know, he's, 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 in the last few weeks, he's getting over thirty touches, but you think how many of those are actually kickouts? Like, I don't know. It's he's he's one that's probably that's really standing out for North at the moment. But like, do we expose him and have like a like a Melksham, like, you know, he went to sort of, you know, to nullify you know, his impact and, yeah. The- Viney, maybe. I don't know. Viney's sort of had that bit of that role um, when well, need be. So, yeah, don't know. 
But really, are they empty stats though? Are they yeah, actually are they actually yeah. having an impact? Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, though, Jackie. Say. I think like well, I mean, you look at the rest of the side. You know, there isn't a whole heap of you know real strong standout performance for the Roos and. I suppose the reason why I brought Zebel in because, you know, well, as a super coach nut, he's getting a bit of it. But yes, you probably yeah. think it's useless stats. But, well, Jackie Zebel is playing down back for the Roos. I mean, it's, it's living in their back line. So I suppose that's why he's getting a fair bit of it. That's why I thought I was, I was scratching my head for a second. When Viney. I mean, a little, little pressure forward, Jackie Viney down there. But, um, yeah. you know, he's playing down back. But anyway, um, News to me that that shows how long it's been since I've watched a North Melbourne game. So, yeah. <laughs> you'd rather watch grass grow at the moment. <laughs> uh, it won't be that way this week. I think you are. Uh, nah. you enjoy. And yourself. it is down at Tassie as well. So just yeah, yeah. to say, you no, know, I just I just checked. It's confirmed. There's uh, it's all confirmed. all clear to go ahead. So down at the uh, blustery Blundstone Arena. I suppose leading on from there, you know what what to be careful of. Obviously, um, being where North Melbourne are in the ladder, you know they're probably. You know, just trying to find their straps under a new coach and everything. But I suppose we don't want to go down there to their level. Um, and I suppose we're going to be worried, uh, going to be careful about slacking off too. Um, but as you're saying, like, I think that maturity, there you go again. Um, well, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll find a way to work it into the title. I'll try. Ensure, I'll try my best. <laughs> I love it. We'll ensure that, um, yeah, we get the job done. And, you know, sometimes four points is four points, whether it's ugly, whether it's pretty, it's, um, well, worth it. Um, it's like playing golf, mate. Doesn't matter how you get to the hole. It's just bloody <laughs> as long as you get there. That's correct. That yeah. is hundred percent correct. So, yeah. yeah. But um, I suppose after those two uh, two key areas, probably look at you know a little cheeky little margin. I think um, the the ruse will challenge us. I think you know with these bottom sides, they're going to be you know really making it a contest, make it tough. And then I suppose you know our fitness will run over sides. I think. Um, yeah, as as you've seen this year, so I've actually gone to D's by fifty seven points. Fifty seven, yeah, that's solid. Oh, I don't know. It's probably, it's it's hard. It's uh, it really depends on. Obviously, it depends on how the game goes, but I don't know. I I be a little bit more, a little bit more generous. I think I'm going to go D's by forty two. I reckon. Yeah, but but convincingly, I think it'll be one of those games where we uh, yeah, put the foot down a couple of quarters and probably yeah. Probably try and ride it out a little bit, and and give a, maybe give, maybe give some of our mainstays a bit of a rest if it gets to that stage. So, because uh, you know what, they could probably do with it. So is he? Oh well, see how that wraps it up for another week. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. It's. Yeah, it's a uh, very good. I've been trying to decide what other merch to to buy for the days. I, I feel like I can't buy. <laughs> I'm a very big merch fiend. I, I can't not go to something or or have a team or something without buying plenty of stuff to wear. So like majority of my wardrobe is either made up of like band t-shirts, um, NBA jerseys, football gear. So like I don't know. I've been tossing up. I think polo is probably a good upgrade. You know, to wear in the members. Um, I think on Saturday I wore the jacket, so the jacket, the beanie, and scarf. Uh, but yeah, you just you just want to wear Melbourne shit all the time. Oh, yeah. like I, I'm, my scarf's hanging up at school. Wear up my, you know, wear my jacket when I can. Yeah. Um, nearly splashed out on a pair of training shorts would put me back. Well, I saw it, there's eighty bucks. And I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I've got a, I've got a pair of those actually. There. Yeah. Gift, yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of D's gear as well, mate. I um, well, this week, um, a lot of Richmond supporters at my school. Um, and I feel like I've got a lot of buying from the D's now. I think there's a few bandwagoners yeah. jumping on. Um, but yeah, this week I've actually been teaching footy at school, so I've actually had had the D's gear, had the had the D's jersey, ah, so and shorts on. So it was almost a full kit on Monday. <laughs> to lap it up. But, I mean, um, yeah. through the uh, through the speakers when the bell went, which was pretty pretty nice. But, ah, awesome. I've been looking at the you know, the best part is on the demon shop. You know, like you get like demon dealers every time the team the D like every time the D's win, it's like a different deal on the demon shop. But yeah. this week's one's real crap. It's like um, I don't know, thirty percent off like a puffer vest. I was like, I don't want a puffer vest. I want like I don't know, give give us give us something else. Give us something good. Like I, I don't need a puffer vest. I got a jacket. Like, yeah. but still trying to figure out something else. I got the hoodie. 
got uh, got another thing. So yeah, I'll, uh, I don't know. If we win on the weekend, I'm going to buy another piece of merch and maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll put it to the fans to decide, see what they <laughs> tell me to buy. You got yourself a pair of Melbourne socks? I got a few of those. Uh, I do actually. I, I think Dad gave us a pair for Christmas a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of years ago. So I do have a pair of Melbourne socks actually. Well, um, I, reckon, I reckon if we go 10 and 0, you've got to go to a game in full D's kit. You've got to go pants, shirt, oh. hat. Ha- oh, <laughs> do the whole thing. I've got to get. I've got to get in the members. I've got to have a collar on. So I'll have the polo, but I'll have to. Uh, I don't know. Maybe um, I've tried not to flaunt too much about the members. I was going to complain about the members bar situation, but I'm going to sound like too much of like a flog. So um, I won't complain about that. So because <laughs> it was really hard to get a beer in the weekend before, like any time after, uh, any time after the first quarter, which is ridiculous. So. Um, for anyone out there that is MCC member, it is absolute utter bullshit that they've capped the bars at 180 people at a time and they let one person in, one person out. So anyway, there's my little rant there. But uh, look, thanks for joining us, Simo. Uh, we'll leave it there. Let's, yeah, let's hope that we get the job done on the weekend. I think let's just leave it at that. I think getting the job done, as you said, doesn't matter how it gets done. Uh, let's just, yeah. Bury the hatchet with the ruse. Make sure that we, uh, yeah, capitalising on our momentum and our growth and that whole team maturity, as you like to put it. And yeah, we'll be back here next week. Fingers crossed. Looking at eight no down the barrel, and hopefully the doggies have a loss, so we can kind of pip them for the top of the ladder. Maybe nice. Eight no? You mean seven and no? Yep, that one. <laughs> seven no. Two weeks ahead. Who's that? Sydney. We beat Sydney. Nah, can't. Yeah. yeah, so. All right, mate. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, go days. Yeah.